0: I started the recording, just so you know, I don't do any intro or anything. All right, guys, we just cracked open our first beer. <laughs> I got Dutch Shorn in here, hang loose. This guy's, like, dedicated his life to surfing, and I've known him most of my life. So it's great to have him in here. Thanks for coming in for hey, the Real Guy for Podcast. thanks
1: for having me, dude. This is great. I haven't seen you in a while.
0: Yeah, dude, it would be nice to catch up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but everybody know, like, you know, it's... What you're doing currently now, like like I know you just started your summer surf camp, yeah. and um, Dutch is dedicated advice to surfing, and he's really passionate about it. It's one of the reasons I wanted to get him in here. It's fairly unique. and um, So what are you doing exactly, like right now?
1: So right now is my time. It's my season. Right. So basically, full bore, Monday through Friday, 9 to 2.30, I'm starting my surf camps. So it's for the next 11 weeks, I'll be on Fort Lauderdale Beach between Sunrise and Oakland on the north end at 18th street and um surf camp style kids okay. so 50 th- 60 kids a day
0: so the kids because they're not in school so it's that kind of camp yeah. so summer camp for the summer kids. camp what's just, the
1: age like I've got actually this week I had a three-year-old <laughs> it was pretty interesting nice. which three he was like a six-year-old he was outstanding I'll show you some photos later natural but, beach um, kid amazing and then um, usually it's from four years old to about 15 years old. Eh, somewhere in there, 14, 15 years old.
0: And they basically get to hang
1: out at the beach and do surf and stuff. Yeah, we surf 90% of the time. We do beach games, skimboard, snorkel, just being outside, taking care of your child out in the sun. Right. Fun. You,
0: know? you know something funny? is um, I can almost remember <laughs> you at that crazy young age paddling <laughs> out, Becoming a good surfer, and you know, doing the surf thing, and that's like what 1984, three, yeah. <laughs> you know, you were just totally. like a little skeet and paddling out there with the big guys and catching yeah. waves, and I'm like, oh, that's Dutch, that's Sherry's uh, brother. There. Yeah,
1: totally. That was um, that got me all started, man. Back honestly, how many years ago was that? 20, 35 years ago, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: or so. <laughs> yeah maybe more
0: yeah well I think I have my 30 year reunion so call it 35 yeah. to make it sense
1: so I just loved it and I kept doing it and then I started working for the surf shop BC Surf and BC Sport BC Surf Shop which, which I'm still working at the surf shop every Wednesday really yeah that's pretty good hanging in there because I enjoy it it's fun and selling surfboards and communicating and hanging out and talking surf
0: the same owners
1: same owner really one, one owner Bruce Cromarty. yeah
0: I remember him when we were
1: kids yeah same dude. Nice. I've been there for 27 years. And um, I broke away. once. I said once I, I was doing my surf camp and I was doing BC. So I was like double fisting. It was like a lot double, of work. Double time. It, right. Yeah. I said, hey, man, once I do, uh, I'm shooting for this number of kids. Once I hit like 500 kids a summer, I'm going to go part time and concentrate more on my surf camp. Right. Right. So I was working, working, working hard, 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 and finally hit that number, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Then I let go of the shop a little bit and step more on the sand. And ever sense, dude. It's very good. A dream come true.
0: Now, I, 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 uh, I surf pretty consistently up until I was maybe thirty-five years old. I remember. Old. Yeah. I remember. But like, I was like, never like. I always did, you know, football and fishing, yeah. and then surfing, but. Um, I mean, you really got into it. Did you ever get, like, like where you were doing comp- competitions and that kind of yeah, thing?
1: Yeah, um, I was into it pretty seriously because we had this group, man, this niche of, of rippers that would push each other really hard. So we were hitting it hard. Um, and I did competitively, but, like, local competition, Eastern right. Surfing Association, right, right, NSSA, right. and stuff like that. And then um, being in the industry, I met a lot of lot of pro surfers and friends. So then I got to travel with these guys, and I got to be in these destinations with these guys: Tahiti, Hawaii, Fiji, wherever, and be their board caddies. You know, like a golfer has a caddy.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'd
1: be there. I'd be sitting in the channel with their surfboard as their backup board. So if something goes wrong with the board, if they break their board when they're surfing. I'm the guy responsible to get him the freaking board. Get him the first one. Which is like, it's 10 foot barreling and you got to put yourself in harm's way, you know? got of like a rodeo clown. Dude, I'd say so, man. It's freaking. Pretty hard. Pretty, pretty heavy. Yeah. I mean, I gotta, good and bad, you know? I mean, it's. Uh,
0: I got to try to remember to use my surf terms when we're doing this. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: No, that's cool. I didn't, I had no clue. There was like, uh, you know, I guess it, it makes a heck of a lot of sense. You need, you know, the assistance. You oh, yeah. know, those super pros. And then, It's not
1: like I'm picking what size board they should ride or like a five iron or anything, but if if they need their board after they break it, which they do many times, and usually we have when to they be responsible it, for getting that board to yeah. them in any situation.
0: That's, and when they're breaking boards, usually the situations are pretty If you're breaking a board, it's
1: probably pretty heavy, you know? <laughs> That's like, cool. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> I did a few surfing destinations in the old days. Um, fish Panama, I mean, uh, Surfed in Panama a couple of yeah. times, in Costa Rica a couple times. And then, uh, but I don't know, none, none of that stuff like turned me on like Like it did here on the East Coast. Like, I don't know, you know, chasing the waves
1: and trying to figure out where the break's going to be. That's part of the part of the vibe, you know, I mean, trying to find the wave and figure out where and spot check and have your boys call you and they're at this spot and you're here. How's it look up there? Like, that's part of the journey, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it it makes it, it makes it a real sport where it's not like you just show up to a putt putt golf course and it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got to use, you know, the stuff that you've learned
1: 100%
0: and then, you know, capitalize on it. And the more you learn, the more you do, the better you get. Yeah. And, um, and it's very similar to fishing and a lot of guys, um, you know, that make fishing their career that are like dedicate their life to fishing. Same thing, you know? Um, And I'm sure there was times, you know, when you were being the surf rat and people were, like, kind of looking down their noses, like, hey, Dutch, why don't you get serious with yourself? <laughs> you, know, you know, all you're doing is spending the time at the oh, beach. yeah. Because like, they did that when I was fishing all the time. Of course. You know, dude, if you wouldn't spend so much time fishing, you could make something out right? of yourself.
1: Like, my sister, for instance, she's this corporate America. She's been with Disney for 25-plus years. She's, she makes me look bad, right? I mean... Well, what'd you expect from her? Yes, right. a she's making all this money, doing all this stuff, and then here I am, the surfer dude, but doing what I love, right? And traveling and spending time with my kids and being a father, and I wouldn't change a thing, man. You know? And I'm
0: sure they look at it a lot differently now.
1: Oh yeah, my dad's like, "I'm so proud of you, son. You're sure. you're awesome." Like my son's a surfer you know like what dad says that right
0: <laughs> no no i mean well you know the think things change they realize that you know it's more than just um an occupation or you know a paycheck and they and they look and they're like you know the kid is passionate about it he's dedicated his life to it and now you're feeding your family
1: yeah that's the thing you
0: know, and you're still the surfer that yep. you've always
1: been. I still have, I still surf when it's one foot. You know, I paddle out and I call the boys on the text. Hey, it's one foot knee high. Come, let's go surf the Clipper, or whatever. You know. It's funny because
0: I look at you know all the you know beautiful surfing shots and the vids that come out nowadays. And you know, don't don't get me wrong, I enjoy it. It's cool. But when you post, you know, I watch your I watch your hang loose posts, and I see you know like some kids shredding on those one and a half foot wind chop waves that we grew up on. <laughs> and that brings a smile to my face and i'm looking i'm like oh yeah right on you know because you know that's uh i don't know fishing surfing golf you know it's all you put yourself in an arena yeah and then you compete in that arena and then you know it turns out to be it is what it is what it is but um over, over the years um tell me some stories tell me something good like I know you know some of these big time <laughs> surfers and I've always seen them in the magazines and every once in a while I'd see one at a beach and then you just kind of sit on the sand and watch them and just, you're just
1: like, yeah. I've got a few stories. I've got a lot of funny stories. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, I don't even want to go there, but we were in Tahiti. Um, <clears throat> just a cu- my buddy chicken, John Doe, he's own mm-hmm. John Doe clothing and I, got invited to Tahiti with the Hopgood brothers CJ and Damien Hopgood right actually how I got invited was
0: those are the kids from um, Satellite Beach yeah. Florida right They Sol- CJ was the Salty world Cru champion Salty Crew or
1: something now CJ's part Salty Crew actually, I heard about that okay correlates with you a little bit but um, so we're in Tahiti and actually I was I was just driving home I, I bought a, a Ranchero a 1963 Ranchero I'm Driving on 95, I'm cruising home, and I'm stoked out of my mind. I got this old car that I've always wanted. And then Damien Hobgood calls me. and goes, hey, dude, um, we got an extra spot at the house in Tahiti if you want to come. I go, well, well, yeah, when? He's like, Tuesday. And it was like Thursday. <laughs> so I had like four days, right? right, whatever it was, to put together this trip to travel halfway around the world. And I'm working at BC at that time, like full-time, I think. So I'm like, oh, shit, i got to figure this out. So then I talked to Bruce, BC owner. Hey, Bruce, man, I I just got invited for the trip of a lifetime. Biggest swell on tap in 50 years. What timing? And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm stressing out. I'm not going to surf it probably, right? But I'm just seeing what's going on. He's like, yeah, we'll get you there, man. No matter what it takes, we'll get you there. I'm like, oh, wow, man, this guy's got my back, you know? That's, it was pretty cool. So that then, cool. Driving my new truck, I'm like, dream's coming true. I've already been to TD once with these guys, but this trip was like, wasn't expecting it, right? So we get there, he, Dam- oh sorry, Damien goes, hey man, just bring big boards, big boards only. When you need big boards, it's big waves. Dude, I, I surf like four or five foot waves, you know. Not I'm fairly a fairly big, big wave here. surfer anymore, I don't have anything to prove. <laughs> so we get there, it's called Code Red. You, did you hear about that storm? In no. Tahiti, it's called Code Red, if you Google it. It's it's all over the internet. I think it was 2012 or 13. Um, biggest swell in 50 years. They wouldn't even let us out, okay? So I get there the night before, hanging out. Everybody's, like, different. Like So what you do is you stay at the end of the road in Tahiti. There's no hotels. You stay with families. So there's 20 pro surfers in this house, Mama Papa Teva's house. <laughs> and then me, this regular guy, right, comes along. So I got invited. And then these guys, the vibe was like, everybody's acting different. They weren't all goofing around. Act, they were all so serious. Intensity like, levels. They could barely high. swallow. Like they knew it was like the biggest swell, and they had to step up to the plate. So finally, next morning comes the Coast Guard or whatever for Tahiti goes, Oh, no, no there's no boats going out today. No boats in the channel. It's too rough. You can't, because what you do is you, you take the boat out, and then you anchor off in the, the channel, right? There's, like, buoys for the channel. They said it's too big. So no no boats out. So all the boys are like, what, dude? We can't go out. Like, we're freaking out. Some of them didn't want to go out because it was, like, 50 foot, right? <laughs> so finally, Damo, Damien Hobgood goes, Dutch, don't worry, dude. We're going to get out there. Don't worry. We'll get out there some way, even if we have to paddle out. So if you had to paddle from the house where we're staying, it was probably probably a good mile paddle just to get out there. Just you could sit in the channel and you could watch it and surf. So finally they lift it. said, Hey, you can get some boats out now. We had the sick boat, panga boat. (laughs) It's like nice for there. Usually it's a little tiller or whatever you call those boats out there. Get in the boat with all the boys, like Ace Buckin, which is famous surfer. Um, Oh, gosh, a couple other rippers, Jack Robinson, a couple other guys. We go out to the lineup, and as we pull up, the first guy toes into the wave. It was Freddie Pataccia. When I say toes into the wave, I mean it was inverted. This wave's like breaks 50 foot. You could only toe in because you couldn't paddle in because it was just too big to paddle in. The wave's going too fast. You can't keep up with the wave. So all of a sudden... We're out there, I'm taking photos. I wasn't even thinking about piling out, obviously. That's wasn't Kelly Slater was a boat right in front of me. Taj Burrow, all the boys, they weren't even thinking about paddling out. Only the heavy hitters, like, <laughs> like the big, heavy, big heavy waves. hitters, big wave surfers came out. Taking photos, freaking out. We're in the channel. Ace Buckins like Ah oh, dude. I'm feeling frothy. I got to jump in. He was getting seasick in the channel because it was so rough, right? It was like four foot in the channel, like rocking up and down. Didn't even think about it because it was insane. (laughs) Um, Best day of surfing. Where we stay is like a mile and a half away. Like I said, the waves would wash up all the way from the outside, all the way to the kitchen in our house It was a foot deep throughout the house. With, like, white water and foam and all that? Yeah, because they haven't seen anything like that in 50 years. So that's just one story that, actually, to continue on, I have this pearl here, right? This pearl necklace. Right. That same day, we're all in the kitchen. The guys are like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. This was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, they've never seen anything like it, these guys. And they've been surfing major waves their whole life. So then this old lady comes in the house, local, and she goes, Oh, I'm selling pearls. Like she couldn't speak English. Right. Like she had like a bracelet with 17 pearls on it. And I go, Hey, I'll buy your pearls. Like she goes, how much a hundred bucks, whatever for like a bracelet for Tahitian pearls. Right. It's 50 bucks at an airport for one, you know, on the mm-hmm. way out. So basically I bought the pearl necklace. I know this is kind of weird, but, and then I took the pearls off the bracelet and I gave them to all my special friends. Like, that, that was such a special moment in my life, that day the that The special I just, friends that from
0: that event. From that day,
1: just in general, my girlfriend, my best friends, just, you know, special time to have it because it means so much to me. My kids have it on their necklace and stuff like that. Just a little sentimental time. But um, that's one of the good stories I have about... It's, a good, around, sto- it's a
0: good story, and the Pearl thing is is somewhat spiritual. Oh, it's You where yeah. you want other people that are close to you to have something that meant that much to you.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: So I think surfing's
1: very spiritual.
0: Like when I surfed, I mean, it was it was one of the few times where I could like not talk to anybody for like, you know, two or three hours and focus on the ocean. And <laughs> I don't know, the shit that went through your mind and stuff while you were doing that. Some days, you know, you were like the hot dude and you had the greatest session. It was all about catching the waves and the surf. And then other days, you know, there's a lot of seaweed and the surfing sucked <laughs> and you're getting stung by jellyfish, but you're sitting out there waiting yeah. for a wave. And it's just, uh, I don't know. I think it brings out all the aspects of life. And if you, you know, if you, if you can feel that while you're out there,
1: I mean, people say that, but it's the God's honest truth. The, the saying is there's nothing a good day surfing won't cure. If you have a bad day, you get broken up with your girlfriend, you're having a bad day at the office with your wife, whatever, go surf. Honestly, just like you said, you don't even have to talk to anyone. It just it's clears your head, right? Just get out there and well, be funny. at one with the ocean. It's
0: I think it makes it what it is. You know, I mean, catching a wave and riding a wave and being radical, sure, that's, that's fun. That's what you do it for. It's what you practice for. But the other side of it, the mental side of it, the spiritual side of it, Fishing's very, very similar. I was going
1: to ask you that. Is that how you feel out there when you...
0: Well, it's very similar for a lot of people, you know, and if you put in, I always say, especially, you know, we have this network called the Real Guy Network, and it's just the people that are really into fishing, and they're not all necessarily experts. You know, some of them are big corporate dudes. Some of them are, you know, pure rats and anywhere in between. But everybody's in the same boat. You got to, you know, if you want to be good at it, you got to practice, you have to put yourself in a position where you will get your ass kicked over and over and over again. (laughs) And then if you put yourself in that position and you don't, it makes you, you know, more attracted to, you know, what you're doing. And, and yeah, very, very similar with the fishermen. Um, I don't think though, um, I think because fishing, you have more tools, you know, and like a lot of different, um, hooks, rigs, equipment—it's not as uh, basic, fundamental yeah. as just surfing. Four shorts
1: and a surfboard, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. You know, so 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 that's the disconnect between fishing and surfing.
1: But, but you get to express yourself, like, hey, I'm gonna drop the planer today, or I'm going live baiting today, or you know, you get to kind of express yourself that way, what you're feeling, or now you got a chewing. new you,
0: you got a new boat recently, right?
1: Yeah, I've been. Um, I love fishing, like, just almost as much as I love surfing. I swear it's yeah? freaking amazing, but I'm just getting into it. I've two, three years now, right? But yeah, I have a little twenty one Parker. I go out once, one, once or twice a week offshore. All right. I love it, man. Live bait and flying the kite. That's my that's my favorite thing. So it's you're digging the night. So amazing, dude! And I scream like a kid every time there's a chip bite. What? You know, it's like.
0: Yeah, I mean, your neighbor told me you were getting a boat way back when. And then not far after that, you kind of reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I just yeah, want yeah, to, yeah. Try to try to get my kid out that's there. Right. Hey, what, you know, what do you think <laughs> you we can do? That. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And then I would go up and down the river, and uh, I saw the, the, I think it was a new boat that you bought. And then I saw the second boat that yep. you bought. And I was. I had to
1: upgrade because.
0: No, it, it, and that's what was going through my mind. I'm like, oh, okay, Dutch, <laughs> Dutch is like, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of like you first start off with a foam board. <laughs> Yeah, then you get you know exactly. The, yeah, and I was like, oh, Dutch is Dutch is actually you know doing it. Yeah, and then that's exactly uh, what happened. And then I saw some of your posts, you know, where you know some of your posts where you spent some time fishing and all that. I think that's great. You got you know, kids into it; they yeah, like it.
1: They're into it. Um, we take my daughter's really into it. My son, both of them are actually really into it. But we, uh, you know, if 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 the bite's not too good, they kind of get a little. Bored after a while, and you know, just lose interest a little bit. You know, they don't have the patience. That's not
0: going to change till they have kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, I imagine.
0: But then getting the kids out there and you know making them making them you know be out there and they they learn what patience actually is, you know. And then it'll 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 grow on them. And then you'll get better and better at it. And then together, yeah, you know, just like surfing, Mm -hmm. you know. But I think it's great. I think it's great. The um. Man, we get a lot of kids that are into uh, our network, and you know, post the, the the pics and videos and all that. And um, I don't know with the social media and everything, you know, and the kids, God knows what the hell's going through their mind and everything. <laughs> but I can tell, you know, when a kid's just you know consistently posting, I don't care what he's catching, but he's consistently posting mm-hmm. fish. I know that the kid's actually, you know, that doesn't happen by accident. Yeah. So he's into it. He's trying.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And he's building his, you know, whatever makes him high from fishing. Yeah. Yeah. And then they come up to me and they want to know, you know, different stuff. And I always try to
1: help. Like fishing's hot, right? I mean, it's better than ever right now, right? I mean, the industry's booming.
0: The industry's booming. The industry's booming. Um we're going through like a huge transition, I think, though, in the fishing is industry, and yeah. then the. Well, I think. Um, well, just like everything else, people want the end reward. The first month they start. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you uh, know. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you know, like the story you said about Tahiti. I mean, that's a lot. You know, that's a that story's. You know, that's <laughs> a, that's a highlight of your life. Yeah. You know, and you couldn't have made it happen all by yourself. Yeah, but
1: after 30 years of surfing, that's when it happened. Right. You know, so,
0: you know, so the, you know I see the people, that, you know, yeah, there's a big trend, you know, for fishing. But, man, they they, they start, you know, this month, and they want to catch, you know, a 100-pound tarpon. And, yeah. like, they know, oh, how do I do that? And I'm looking at them. I'm like, well, you know, you might want to fish for a half, you know, half a dozen years or something. And then, you know, it might be a little bit easier for you. But, um, so, that, like, there's, like, a, big crossroad in fishing and then the, the person is different like your dad and uh my dad are from a school um where like if you had a boat it was like having a family member
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know whatever it took to keep that boat running you know mm-hmm. and you didn't mind spending a half a day on a sunday working on it and then that was your friggin' boat yeah you know today you know, people buy and sell boats. They in, could right? care less. They yeah. finance the goddamn things. Yeah. It's just, so, you know, it's.
1: I, I feel you. Yeah. I know what you're saying. You, you see yeah. where I'm going with Absolutely. all that? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: 100%. And then, like, um, a lot of the localism is out of it. You know, like in your neighborhood, you still got Carl's bait and tackle. It's still there. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're dinosaurs over there. Yeah. They, and it's so hard for them, some bitches, to stay in business. They got Bass Pro shops a yeah. mile and a half away.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally.
0: You know, and. So you go into Bass Pro Shops, you know, and that's like your go-to fishing place now. (laughs) You know, you talk to an 18-year-old kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, at least the kid's got a job. It's nice. Okay, he's there. Yeah. But the localism is out. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, here in the Tri-County area, you know. And that kind of stinks because, you know, growing up, um, my dad was always into the industry. And you just knew everybody. Yeah. And you wished everybody well. And now you look and you're like, where the hell is everybody?
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh
0: yeah. And then friggin' Bass Pro, you know, they're just like sitting out there just crushing yeah. you know, the uh the the low guy, the local guys. But we're sp- I guess we're still fairly lucky. LMR's still open down the street. Yeah. They do a good job. And uh Carl's is still open. And a couple of new guys are starting. I hope they do good. Yeah.
1: It's a tough industry. I mean that way, you know.
0: Well, I I think the surf industry is fairly tough too. Yeah, I, it's not I, quite as not quite as like I don't know. I mean, you still got BC and um
1: you know everything though is uh online right now, right? So, so back I, in the day, we had all the guys, all the boys were working at the shop. It's all about customer service. It still is about customer service, but everybody knew everybody. Uh, so Cut. the lo- the localism's getting taken right. out. Right, it was there. It was it was a vibe. We had everything going for us. Now, dude, it's like Amazon. It's all these other online shops where you're just getting the best price. Everyone knows. Hey, I'm a size 31. I'm gonna buy my shorts online. I don't need to go into BC and right, right. Go see Dutch today, but you know,
0: I get delivered to my house, sit in the AC. yeah, it's it's the it's yeah, way I mean, things. Yeah, it's the way things go. What about the surf spots? Are they, well, I mean, like in the old days, you had locals that surfed their local spots. And when the surfing was good, you went there and you surfed yeah, sometimes yeah. with them. Sometimes they were cool, sometimes they weren't. But it no, was yeah. like hardcore localism. you get any of that anymore?
1: Like, so first off, if there's waves and you go to Fort Lauderdale Beach, you'll see four people out on the whole beach. Right. Back in the day, there's four spots with 10, 15, 20 on each one. Exactly. Right. Right. So I'm like, dude, where did that go? So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, with, with my surf school, I'm trying to continue. Like these kids come surf and they surf for the summer, and I want to try to continue on, right? I've been doing after-school programs and other activities and clinics throughout the year to try to continue the kids from surfing to surf. But soccer and other oh, activities soccer. get in their way, school and all stuff, right? A lot of soccer. <laughs> but sc- like Lauderdale lost its vibe. I don't know what happens to the surf community. Deerfield still has that little surf town, so it's kind of cool. It's like the Huntington Beach of Florida, a little little surf vibe up there. But if there's waves, it's it's like Hills, it's Deerfield, it's Delray, it's a Spot in Boca that has a spot. That's the kids don't know. They just go there like, "Oh, Boca, like I hear that's going to be the spot cuz everyone says it, you know." Right. So There's not much localism, but you always respect your elder, you know?
0: But. Still, like, a pretty decent hierarchy out there. I mean, there was a serious. I I wish it
1: was a little more, like, the kids respect a little more, but.
0: I mean, you remember the hierarchy here? Yeah, man. Like,
1: you had to freaking step up to the plate. Like, these guys, they caught the waves, and then you you get scraps. That's just respect.
0: Dude. All right, so. I was more into, like, the Water Brothers crowd. Remember
1: Dude, Pete Folito? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, that's who I looked up to my whole life. Dude. Pete, Literally.
0: Yeah. Now, Pete was uh, he was an inspiration for me for not just surfing.
1: Man, but, everybody, I guess, right?
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he would load you up in his truck and take you to wherever yeah. the surf was 100%. good. 100%. And then when you were out here, I mean, I can remember Pete. Dude, he
1: was he, a great surfer,
0: by the way. He was a great surfer. <laughs> and he was great to surf with. Yes. Like, he would let you... Get your wave, yep. and if you blew it, he'd let you know you blew it, and then you wouldn't get another one for the rest of the day. But if you I've were, been
1: there, right? If You're you were like, having yeah, a good yeah.
0: session and you were on fire, he was helping you. He yeah. would like, you know, make sure you caught the next wave.
1: Yeah,
0: and then, uh, and then you had the older
1: dudes that you didn't know
0: that shredded. Yep. And you know, you just kind of like you know, stayed to the side and watched.
1: Yeah, and you always wanted to try to earn your respect from them. You know, you'd get their scraps that they didn't catch, but then you'd always look over your shoulder. Hey, I wonder if he saw me catch that wave. You know? So that's not going on down there. No, ah, oh, that's no, no. that's gone. dude. That's hard to. It's. I want to try to bring it back some way. I don't know how. That's a big. That's a big part of my memory. Major, like growing up, man. That, that's why I'm here. You know, I wish we had that again.
0: There was a guy. Um, there was a guy that fished here, like I fish for tarpon. Named Mark Croca when we were kids, mm-hmm. and now he's like a big time famous guide in the Isla Morada and all that. And um, he was a big inspiration for me over the years, because you know, like my dad um, was always in that big game fishing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Same with, with my dad, yeah. Yeah,
0: millionaire dudes, you know, yeah. running around the islands and doing all that kind of stuff. And you know, I was able to ride that, you know, when I was a kid and everything. But you know. That ride only lasted, you know, so long. Yeah. Yeah. But um I kind of forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> but anyway But anyway, this the, the 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 surfing and the fishing and um the way the uh I don't know, just put it this way. There's it's a good thing I had Croca. It's a good thing I had Pete Folito, you know? Pete was the, you know, the surfer inspiration of my life. Mark Croca was the inshore fisherman of my life, my dad. Introduced me to you know the big wigs and the Marlin scene, yeah, and I got to realize you know you know there's real pros, there's guys that can feed their families doing what I love. Same dream. way, same way you're doing with fishing. Now, just so that you know, the audience realizes is like Dutch and I have known each other for thirty five years. Dude, I
1: used to, your sister was my girlfriend in like the seventh grade. Right, Mitzi Maggio. Was I like tell my people girlfriend. that story. It's crazy.
0: It's funny, <laughs> and uh, uh, it's funny because. There was only maybe, you know, after after your gener- after your age group, it got a little bigger. But before you, there, were, I mean, literally maybe 200 kids. Yeah. In all of downtown Fort Lauderdale that you might run into at the beach or or fishing on a seawall or whatever, and we grew up as a minority here in the United States. And when I first went off to school to University of Connecticut, I kind of looked back and I was like, man, you know, growing up in Fort Lauderdale, geez, you know. Our school system wasn't as good and freaking these people. But now that I'm 50, I'm like, man, we were lucky to grow up on Fort Lauderdale beach oh, yeah. as a minority and see what we saw and experience what we experienced and got to do what we like to do. And growing up here is you watch people chase dreams. Oh. You watch a lot of people fail. Yeah. Lots of people fail, but you also see the people that succeed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, when you grow up here, you have a different outlook on life. I mean, there was th- the biggest change in my life was leaving Fort Lauderdale and going to the University of Connecticut. It was like, I had no clue people even thought that way. <laughs> and they had no clue.
1: They're like, who's this dude? Like,
0: <laughs> like what do you think the guy's got Adidas on and, and yeah. gold chains <laughs> and he's this? talking about fishing, <laughs> you know, and surfing and all this stuff? <laughs> Hold on a second. And then I'm at the University of Connecticut and I'm telling the dudes that, yeah, I'm going to be working when I go home. We're going to do some marlin tournaments, and then first I'm going to go to you know Grand Bahama, and then I'm going to go to Treasure Key, and then then we're going to way out to St. Thomas to fish the St. Thomas tournament. And they're like looking at me like I got three heads. <laughs> like, what do you mean you're fishing for you know your summer work? And I explained it to them that you know you can make a few bucks, you know, washing the boat and rigging the baits and sitting in the cockpit and doing whatever the captain tells you to do. And you can make 150 bucks a day. And they were like, not that they, like, they couldn't even, like, say that they couldn't get it. They couldn't even <laughs> comprehend what I was talking about. Yeah, they got paper routes. They're oh, cutting yeah, yeah. lawns. You know, their dads so fucking put on a suit and tie every yeah. day their whole life. And they had no clue, <laughs> no clue where we're coming from. And then, you know, the world's so crazy now. It's, just, it's like, all right, so the world's gotten crazy enough where it's finally caught up with Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And we're ahead of the game by 30 the way years. I did. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, That's funny. Yeah. Do you ever go up to Disney and see your sister?
1: Yeah. I take the kids up. They're almost maybe kind of burnt out. Are the kids even, Disney burnt out? kind of hit it hard. <laughs> I bet. Space Mountain. I bet. Dot com. And yeah, then what, like,
0: what, you could just call her and you get all like the VIP oh, she's passes. Like, oh, and, when
1: do you want to come? All right, I'll get you, you know, everything. Like, yeah, but.
0: Dude, the Dis- that's hard to burn out on Disney. I got some of, the, some of the, uh, Nicole's friends and stuff. I mean, dude, they're going like twice a month.
1: Oh yeah, there's some hardcore Disney people around here, man.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's where all the surfers went. They're Disney people Gee. now
1: instead of <laughs> surfing people. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. I I could go back, but you know, it, whatever they want to do. Yeah,
0: it's all. Yeah, you know, it is. It does. It gets to be all about the kids. Yeah. They cool. get Now, any of your kids really good at surfing?
1: Yeah, they surf. That's. Well, and soccer and other things, like I said earlier, but man, they they uh they're pretty good, and they enjoy it, they enjoy it and they want now, to be at we the went beach. to Hawaii this year and Costa Rica, very good, and all they want to do in Hawaii was surf every day, like I go, hey, let's go to a waterfall let's let's go to Pearl Harbor, like all this stuff like, oh, let's go surf." I was like, what what all right, you nice, know nice, kind of cool, and then Costa Rica we went, it was a little rough. We couldn't find a real small spot in the area, but they surfed and they boogie boarded, they were in the water and stuff, but you know.
0: That's good they wanna I mean they wanna you know, they wanna surf first. Yeah. And then everything else comes second. Yeah. That's strong, you're teaching them all.
1: Teaching them all. You know, I kinda just let it happen. I didn't wanna push it. That's how you gotta do it. You know, I at first I was kinda eager and I was pushing, I'm like, Oh man, this isn't gonna work out if I keep this up. So I did like step back a little bit and let them come to me and now it's good well, they you, want to get sponsored and they want to my daughter's like oh I want to get sponsored and how do you get sponsored for surfing how do you be an ambassador I'm like oh wow that's cool you know she's asking that stuff
0: yeah she's thinking she's thinking yeah. she's got it you know trying to put it all together yeah yeah it's great you know uh, Victoria she you know she did your surf camp yeah, what she's, two or three she's years a good
1: surfer, yeah.
0: she's a surfer nat- yeah she's like you know like one of the more natural kids that yeah. can just kind of surf mm-hmm. I took her I mean she was like four, five, you know, she could, you know, swim and finally, you know, you could take it getting toppled over and all that. And we got on the foam board and she stood up and she started surfing like immediately. And then she actually went to the beach and surfed and she actually went to Hawaii and surfed. And, and then, then I can't get her like <laughs> soccer, <"Yeah, everything, laughs> whatever, whatever. I just like, and then, you know, I'm like looking at her, I'm like, some kids would die for that natural ability just to kind of, ha- you know, to be able to just, you know, do it. Yeah. I mean,
1: I couldn't just do it uh, when yeah, I started. No. And I it takes, remember kids that could. Yeah. And you're like, dude, man, I have to work so hard to do this. And this guy's. Do you remember DR? Yeah, of course. Okay. He D- didn't only rip surfing. He was a skateboarder. That was amazing. And... Yeah, he was like a year or two
0: younger than me. Right. And he started surfing after me <laughs> and he goes, he paddles out there and he's good. Like immediately. <laughs> And I'm like the macho jock, and I'm looking at him like, this little fucker, really? (laughs) (laughs) You know, but he had that natural. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was just a a great surfer
1: and a a great dude. I haven't seen that guy in a long time, actually. I haven't (laughs) even thought about him in a long time. I haven't either, until you just said that name.
0: I don't know. You sitting in front of me is bringing back a lot of memories. I got to tell you,
1: Little Yankee football. Oh, my gosh, man. Your dad was, uh,
0: I don't know, like I came from Holiday Park, Mm -hmm. you know, to Little Yankee, and it was the first time I ever played with white kids and your dad was coaching for another team yeah and i'm just trying to you know like fit in you know but i was pretty good out there and stuff and he came over to me and introduced himself to me (laughs) and uh told me i was doing a good job kind of patted me on the back and then went over and was doing his thing and i'm looking at the guy and i'm I'm just like oh wow i guess i do fit in over (laughs) there with these kids and stuff but i
1: remember that always Uh, i didn't even i never knew that story
0: yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And your dad was always cool. And then like I've been taking people fishing up the river and Dutch's dad lives right on the river. So I go by his house and I tell people that guy right there was uh he was a football coach of mine 'cause they're in the all stars. Yeah, he yeah. was one of the coaches. Mm-hmm. And um that's how I refer to him. That's even cool. to this day.
1: Yeah, a lot of people call him Coach Shorn still. Hey Do Coach they? Shorn, yeah, like
0: I'm telling you he was a good guy. He touched a lot of kids. And it was guys like that. That uh, um, I try to take after. Like I see the kids come up to me and they want to take a picture or they want to, you know, look at the bait or anything, and I look at them and I think about guys like your old man, and I say I want to, you know, I want to do that for them.
1: Yeah, I do the I do the same thing. I know you do because I watch. Yeah, literally same thing.
0: I remember I remember uh, Nicole asking me about leaving Victoria at the beach all day, (laughs) and I was like, "Lady." Well, you know, she grew up in Brooklyn. Okay. She wasn't at that beach yeah. when she was eight. I was like, my mom used to drop me off at the same spot when the, freaking, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and then got oh me when God. the sun went down,
1: the same place same you do here. in the camp,
0: right? Yep. So when, when I'm watching you do that <laughs> camp and I'm just, you know, it does, it, it. it makes me feel good. And then I'm like, there's a local kid that's been busting his ass for 30 something years that dedicated his life to surfing and I got to get him in here on the real guy podcast.
1: oh that's right. Yeah. Because
0: a real guy isn't a fisherman
1: necessarily Dutch. Well, you know I fish now, right? Well,
0: now <laughs> you know you're a fish, you know, you want to get into fishing and that's cool, but it has nothing to do with that. Like we always say real guy and and until people, you know, really get into the videos and really get into the social network, they they think it's just fishing, but it's not. It's about real guys doing real things. And then if you are a real guy and you're doing real things, then you want to encourage the other people. Yep. And I tell people being a real guy breaks down all the barriers, racial barriers, you know, Mm -hmm. age barriers, um, hobby barriers, uh, everything. Because you look over and you know that the guy did what you had to do. And when had the same bumps and bruises, yep. and you know that that guy could never get to where he is unless he went through that. And then... So true. Right? And then you respect so that person, and now you feel like you are he's your peer and you're his peer, and you don't even know him very well. Yep. You know what I mean? So true, yep. So, you know, I just... Uh, I don't know. There's value in life. And, uh, and in this town we've seen a lot <laughs> and there's a lot of dough in this town and you realize that there's hardly any value in all that dough yeah but when you're a real guy and you're doing real things and you get up every day and you're inspired and you get up every day and you're ready to work hard that's value yeah all those rich son bitches that live for, you know on in the intercoastal they got those 200 foot yachts and all that stuff i'm not saying they have no value but that money and all that flash that we grew up around, it's good to know that that means nothing. Yeah. not saying none of those guys understand what we're talking about, but a lot of people think that if you're successful like that, there's value in it. I don't see it. You know what I mean? I know more people that are loaded. I yeah. work for them and, and Same, worked on yeah. their boats and stuff, and they're all screwed up. Not all of them, not every single one, but just because they're where they are. Doesn't make their lives better. Ah, oh,
1: yeah. No. You know?
0: And yeah, look at the outside looking at, dude, you, you got to feel for these people that are moving into town now. All right. So you move into Fort Lauderdale, you spend a half a million bucks on a piss poor house. <laughs> <laughs> and then you live down the street from people that spend a half a million bucks at the spa yeah. every month, <laughs> you know, and then you're supposed to fit in and they don't laugh about it because they don't get it. Yeah. You know, they didn't see it happen.
1: Yeah. No,
0: for I mean, sure. you always had a few bucks to live in Fort Lauderdale, but I mean, this is just retarded. What's been going on in the last, I don't know, call it 15 years. Yeah. It's like, if you have money like, and you don't have a place in Fort Lauderdale, it's like, well, how much do I got to spend to get it? So you just, <laughs> the prices just keep going up. I don't know. And they're not surfing. <laughs> you get any of those people from like Harbor Beach and stuff?
1: I have a lot of high-end clients, yeah.
0: Yeah. I get them and I take them fishing. For one day. Yeah. And then the next time they go fishing is when they see me again. <laughs> a lot of that. A lot of that. But anyway, um before we uh wrap up wrap up the podcast, I just um I don't know. I think I don't know, when I reached out to you to come over here and I know that you're busy and I know you were starting your camp and everything. But I think Uh, You getting over here right away and doing it, that's just your style. You're a mover. You're a shaker. You want to do things. You don't stop. You don't slow down. And um,
1: That's my thing. I I try to be consistent, right? You can't slow down. You got to keep rolling, being consistent. Once you slow down, drag your feet. That's it.
0: It's true. You got to keep pace, Mm -hmm. you know, and you got to constantly set the bar. And um, I've watched you over the years. And if you if you don't if you can't tell I'm proud of you. And I appreciate Yeah, I think that. Yeah, that th- I think you've done a great yeah. job. And uh, good luck with the kids. Thank you. I hope I uh, hope you guys catch a ton of fish. And if I can help you with that, you let me know. Yeah, I might take you up on that. Well, this is the time here to do it. Because <laughs> there's the first, some fish out there right the, now. I know. Yeah, oh, there's good fishing <laughs> in the, good fir- right now, the yeah. first six months of the year. You know, people. I apologize to them. In, in advance and yeah in december yeah, say, hey, you know. and i'm like listen i'm gonna be out of touch for a little while you know if i don't get back to you or i don't call you or whatever yeah you know and then this time of year you know i'll spend serious time and energy reaching back to everybody yeah even my own family members mm-hmm. you know like over in mitzi yeah. and the people who live on the west coast like i haven't you know yeah and this time of year is the time so if you want to get out there and do something with the kids or even if you just want to try to go do something with us you let me know and um I'll be honking at you when I drive down the beach and see all the kids out there. <laughs> and let me know if you start seeing the snooks and the pre pod in the surf this year. Oh uh, yeah,
1: last year you texted me that. You yeah, like, I started hey, to get
0: reports. It? I'm like, wow, oh, shit,
1: that out on no. Yeah, I'm there freaking every morning.
0: Yeah, because when the when the bait gets thick down there and the pre pod happens, um, we always make an announcement for the real guys and the real guy network, and then they start going down to the beach and fishing. And it's one of the it's one of the few uh, ways to fish where you know it's cool to take the eight-year-old oh yeah and you roll down there and walk around the sand and go swimming and goofing around then you can go you know maybe find a snook down there on the trough or whatever so yeah keep me posted on the fishing reports down there have a great summer good luck with the new season and uh thanks for coming in and and being on the real guide podcast i really appreciate it thanks
1: for having me it's awesome
0: how do they get a hold of you
1: HangLooseSurfSchool.com. Okay, HangLooseSurfSchool.com. Instagram hang, at HangLooseSurfSchool.com as well.
0: He's got a cool logo. I follow him on Facebook, Hang Loose. And um, Dutch Shorn, he's a real guy, and I'm glad he came in today. Thanks.